sometimes life can be really hard. And um, my wife will tell you more about it in just, just a second, but we got some news back in November, December um, that was hard news for us. Uh, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer, and that's always kind of scary, you know. And seeking to follow Jesus with joy in the midst of that can be a little hard. There were many gifts from the Lord in the midst of our time through it. Uh, incredible church family that was a gift to us. But I think both of us would say probably the greatest gift from God to us in the midst of it was Dr. Liz Lee. Providential that God put it together, but I'm so glad that he did. Um, we were blessed by her from literally 30 seconds when she walked in the door. Uh, of the office, and then just time and time and time and time again, she uh, not only treated my wife, but ministered to our souls, and we were so grateful. And so we were talking back in the spring, wouldn't it be great if Dr. Lee would come and speak to our ladies? And uh, sure enough, God's put that together too. So I'm really, really excited for you all. Let me pray. I'm going to introduce my wife, and then she will introduce Dr. Lee. Father in heaven, thank you for this morning and for putting it all together. Thank you that Dr. Lee was available. Thank you that all of these ladies were available. And we just rejoice and we pray for your grace upon us today. Would you be with Dr. Lee as she speaks and be with all of us who hear and give us ears to hear. And Lord, might you encourage us, strengthen us, comfort us, um, spur us on to love and to good deeds. So we, we give this hour and a half to you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. This is my lovely wife, Tara Mayer. Good morning. I'm so glad you guys are here. Uh, my name is Tara, and um, get to be Mitch's wife, and also the um, coordinator of women's ministries here at Redeemer, which is really awesome. And then I'm um, also one of Dr. Lee's patients, like he said. Uh, we have three girls, um, a ninth grader starting high school at Cinco Ranch, um, and then a um, fourth grader, and then a second grader. <laughs> yeah. I go to Rylander, uh, where I'm also the school nurse, right over here around the corner. So um, anyway, very blessed life. Uh, last July, I turned 40 and um, had my very first mammogram, just that baseline mammogram. Let's just, you know, start and see what's what we're looking at. And um, the doctors had said at that point, you know, it's kind of hard to see. It's kind of dense, kind of fibrotic but not cancer, we'll look at again in six months, which would have been January. But in November, um, I could tell it was just different. It felt different, and, um, and I just knew that something was different. So I called my OBGYN, and she referred me to the um, mammogram, ultrasound, and they went ahead and biopsied it on November 29th, and then called me on December 4th and said, you have breast cancer. And so it's just that whirlwind of, what? Are you sure you're looking at the right chart? Like, this is me. I don't have breast cancer, but no, I am looking at the right chart, and it's, yes, it's you. Um, she referred me to Dr. Lee, and um, so I met her shortly after that, and like Mitch said, it truly was within the first 
30 seconds of her walking in the room. We loved her. Um, we had already, you know, stalked her online and read her bio and knew she was super qualified and um, thought she'd be a great surgeon, but um, didn't know her as a person. Um, and when she came in and you're sitting in that little paper, you know, gown that um, doesn't really do much, but you're sitting there feeling all protected and she comes in and starts assessing and um, I had this necklace on that says, um, I've called you by name, Isaiah 43.1, and she says, within like 60 seconds of being in the room, she says, are you a follower of Jesus? And I was like, I am. And she said, I am too. And so um, just began a whole new relationship there. So I had a double mastectomy in December and then had my reconstruction in April. Um, and as fake um, as all of this is, it's cancer-free, so very, 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 very thankful for that. So, yes, and thanks. <laughs> and Dr. Lee was a part of both of those surgeries. Um, I do think it's um, amazing. In our little church, we've had three women all diagnosed with breast cancer in their 40s, um, all Dr. Lee's patients. Um, it's just mind-blowing. Andrea Oliver, who's in the back right there, um, myself, and Christina Pfeiffer, where did she go? Right here. Um, all of us um, walking through that. Um, and I know there's a lot of women here probably who have had Dr. Lee as patients as well. If you are, have been or are now or um, patient Dr. Lee, would you stand up so we can see you and be glad you're here. Yay. Awesome. We really are so thankful you're here. Um, I think that's it. I want to make sure I didn't forget anything else. <clears throat> Dr. Lee, you really have been a blessing to us already. Um, and then you saying yes to being here to be with us this morning. Um, we know you're a busy mom and um, have kids and things to do on Saturday. So thank you very much for being here. So you guys give Dr. Lee a warm welcome and I'll turn it over to you. Can you guys hear me? Okay. All right. Whoa, that's loud. <laughs> Thanks, Justin. <laughs> so I am so humbled to see each and every person here this Saturday morning. I know that everyone's life is abundantly full. And so thank you for, for coming here. And I just want to, it's so good to see my patients here. Thank you, Lord, that you would give me the opportunity to care for you guys and thank you for new faces and so just today is not about me at all it really is about the lord about how he works how he loves and how he transforms i remember when tara asked me to speak my first inclination was oh i do not want to talk but then, you know, it's that verse in Psalm 40, right? The Lord gives us a testimony so that we can share who he is and how he works and how real he is. So this is all about God. And so I just want to pray first before I start. Father God, we just come before you, Lord, and we love you so much, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you're God of love and that you're God of mercy and that you care so much for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us your son, Jesus Christ, 
they were ransomed with the precious blood of your son and that we have your holy spirit within us lord and that you work in each and every one of our lives lord and we each have a testimony to give father each and every woman here has a testimony of your goodness and i thank you lord that you have given me this opportunity to make your name great so holy spirit would you just speak through me today we invite you here today and let it not be about me but all about you lord and we love you and it's in your son's name we pray amen so um as Tara had asked me to speak, I started praying, um, like, Lord, what is it that you want me to share? Because we all have so much to share, and there's such a finite amount of time. And he put upon my heart um, two things. One is, who is God? And I think that that is the most important question that any of us could ever ask ourselves, right? What is his nature? What is his character? because that determines how we see life, how we receive things, how we give things, how we deal with suffering, how we see suffering. And also, what is his purpose and plan for me? We're all created in his image. We're not here by accident. So I would say, what did I do to you, Justin? Okay, so I would say that all of my life, I always grew up knowing who God is. Um, I grew up in a family that took me to church, but we were very legalistic. Um, I saw God as a God of, that was holy. I had no problem seeing him that way. I was fearful of him, and I saw him as a God of discipline. He was just some figure up in the sky just waiting for me to make a mistake ready to punish me. I would negotiate with him throughout my life, and I felt like I was going to go to heaven because there were so many other people that were worse off than me, and I wasn't so bad. Ooh, my earring is really popping here, so let me just take it off. Okay. Um, and so that viewpoint of God uh, persisted until I was in my late 20s, early 30s when I met my husband. I felt like I'd met the man of my dreams. He um, was just so catering to me. I was extremely self-centered. And um, he showed me how to drink, how to party. He took me around the world. And we had such a great time. So when he asked me to marry him, it was like a no-brainer. Yeah, of course. And just to show how um, spoiled I was, I wanted to get married in Maui, but that wasn't good enough to honeymoon there. So I wanted to go to Bora Bora. And so he took me there to honeymoon, and on the way there, I complained about how far the flight was. And so you can see how self-centered I was. Um, a couple of weeks coming home, I um, realized that I was pregnant, and I was extremely upset. I'm sorry, sweetheart, with my daughter Taylor, who's right there. You know mommy loves you. So this was not what I had in store for my life. The drinking stopped. My friends thought it stopped coming over. And um, I was placed on bed rest because I was working like 80 hours a week as a resident. And I got very angry and really upset. 
I started picking up online poker, so I was gambling online like 12 hours a day, just waiting for me to have the baby so I could go back to normal life again. And so after I had Taylor, I thought that things would go back to normal. But um, little did I know that my husband had changed and uh, he really didn't want to go out anymore. He didn't want to drink anymore. He didn't want to have our friends over. And I became really bitter. I um, no longer did life revolve around Liz Lee. It was more about Taylor. And um, my husband just did not make me happy anymore. I felt resentful. I felt deceived. He had turned into someone that I had not agreed to. And after a couple of months of this, I asked him for a divorce because I had one life to live and I deserved to be happy and he wasn't meeting those needs. But I still remember Taylor crying when I asked for that divorce and the pacifier in her mouth and Tim just standing on the side of the bed just like, Liz, can we just have another chance? We have a daughter together. So I said, okay, sure. But I was very demeaning towards him I think that's part of the curse where I tried to rule over him, and it wasn't uncommon for me to demean him in, front, in public, manipulate him, and just show that I had the upper hand, like I controlled my husband. I would curse him out in public, and he's such an amazing guy that he just took it. And I just described that because I want to show you who I was pre-Christ. Um, I would search online for happiness, so I picked up golf, I learned how to, I bought things, and we traveled, and that brought me transient happiness, as the things of this world does. But then that only lasts for so long until you're looking for the next high. So on December 1st, 2007, I still remember that day just sitting on the couch, and I was home by myself, searching online for happiness. I had this void, this emptiness, and this just despair inside my heart. And my husband used to meet that, but he was no longer meeting those needs. And so for the umpteenth time, this thing about Jesus came up. I'm like, okay, whatever, been there, done that. And so I was like, okay, what do I have to lose? It said, say this prayer and that your life will be changed. So I said the prayer that I was a sinner and that God, the Father had created me and that he'd given me his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that I could have life and that my sins were forgiven. And on that moment, I experienced everything that I had been searching for all my life. Um, I had this overwhelming sense of peace, of joy, of happiness. I remember getting on my knees and just crying in tears because this is what I've been looking for. And I was like, Lord, I have been searching for you for all my life, and I did not even know it. I didn't know what had happened. All I know was that I wanted to read the Bible all the time. I wanted to go to church all the time. So I got my Bible, and I started reading. And you're going to hear me quote the Word of God a lot because I love the Word of God. It is living and active. Every promise is yes and amen, right? So I came across John 3. And it says, Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. 
The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. It's like, wow, I had been born again, and I didn't even know that that had happened. And so it's just so amazing. And so from there, the Lord started changing me from the inside out. I started seeing my husband not as this deceitful, rigid man, but a loving, loyal, faithful husband. Started reading the Bible about submission and respect for my husband. And I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm trying to submit to him a little bit more and show him respect. I started seeing interracial relationships differently. I'm like, wow, this is so beautiful. We're all created in God's image and to be able to bring different skin colors together and to love one another past that. And I used to curse like a sailor. Every other word out of my mouth was an F-bomb. I'm serious, except for in front of patients. And, <laughs> and I couldn't stop. <laughs> and I couldn't stop. And all of a sudden, I stopped. And so then as I was reading, it's like 2 Corinthians, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, we are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come and we have the mind of Christ. So that's how I know that God is real, right? It's only God that can do something like that. And it wasn't anything that I had done myself. I hadn't worked for it. But it's like, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love for which he loved us, even when I was dead in my trespass, made me alive together with Christ. By grace, I have been saved through faith. And it's a gift from God, not a result of my works, so that I cannot boast. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. So this is who God is. So I want to backtrack to how I came to be where I am here today, speaking like this. Um, Right about before I was saved, um, the Lord closed a door in my face that really was probably one of the most traumatic events for me. Um, you know, my training consists of four years of college, then four years of medical school, then five years of residency, general surgery residency. And from there, you can either do general surgery where you do a little bit of everything or you can focus. And my desire was to do colorectal surgery. I wanted to do more complex cases. I had no desire, sorry, to take care of any breast cancer patients. I mean, I felt like they were just too emotional and hormonal <laughs> and needy, and the surgeries were not complex enough for me. And so that was not even anything I had on my agenda. And so when I applied for colorectal fellowship, and this is just a show, like, I was supposedly one of the best residents, and I didn't match. When I turned on the, the computer screen and it said, we're sorry, you failed to match. I don't know if you guys have ever felt like rejection or failure, but it's like visceral, and it hurts so bad. And I just felt like this sense of um, being a loser, being inadequate. And I'd worked so hard all my life, and I just felt like it was just this one last hurdle, and I just couldn't get there. And so that, that made me bitter and angry, and that culminated, I think, into all, like, when you have everything in life, you're not looking for Christ, right? It's only when we're empty. And so the Lord even used that 
that closure of that door to bring me to him. Um, but, you know, it comes to this verse, uh, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. So my desire was to be a colorectal surgeon, but God said, no, that's not what I have for you. And through a series of events and opportunities, with me kicking and screaming, not, not like, yes, Lord, he brought me to take care of breast cancer patients. And I remember thinking, and I think now it's like, Lord, thank you, Jesus, that you closed that door. Just so you know, colorectal is not all about big cases. It's about hemorrhoids and anal rectal diseases. So I'm like, thank you. I'm not down there, but I'm up here. <laughs> thank you, Lord. <laughs> but, you know, I know this is where the Lord has me. Because even though it takes so much out of me physically, it takes a lot out of my family. Every day that I go to work, there's a sense of excitement, a sense of like expectancy about what God is going to do. And I think about like believers like you guys, and I'm like the Lord would entrust, you would entrust me and the Lord would entrust me to take care of his children to heal, I mean, that is such an amazing gift, right? And I think the other thing is that, you know, when you come, it's not like when you're coming to see a doctor for a breast mass or breast cancer, it's not like you're coming to a designer to fix your home or you're going to get financial advice. I mean, you're vulnerable, you're scared, you don't know what's going to happen with your life, you you. Think of your mortality, about your family. And so patients come, a lot of non-believers come very open to hearing. And so the Lord, that he would place me here to be able to just plant seeds or water seeds that have been watered so that these souls can be harvested is such a blessing. And so that just comes to that verse, like, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord for good and not for evil and for a future and a hope. So the point of that story is that even when God closes doors for us and we can't quite understand because we want things a certain way, it's because as children of God, he's got so much more better in store for you above and beyond in abundance what we can even imagine, right? Okay. So that brings me to where I am today, okay? What is the Lord teaching me in my life today? I am by no means uh, perfected. None of us are. We're all in the sanctification process, right? He's teaching me about grace. You know, 33 years of growing up and um, being legalistic, trying to earn my way into heaven, and that's just how humans are, right? It's like someone gives you something, you feel like you have to pay, you have to earn your way. And just to receive God's love as a child and say, I don't have to do anything but to believe that the blood of Jesus cleanses me from my sin. And so I constantly have to remind myself to receive the grace of God. So Galatians 2.21, I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Jesus Christ died for no purpose. And that there is no condemnation for any of us in Christ Jesus. 
The other thing the Lord is teaching me is obedience. The Lord owns everything. There's nothing that I can give him that he doesn't own. All he wants is our hearts, right? He just wants complete obedience and surrender because he knows what's good for us. We don't know. And so he's teaching me, like, Liz, just let go of your self-control because I desire, he doesn't delight in sacrifices. He delights in obeying his voice. He desires that we know him. And third and last thing he's teaching me is kingdom purpose. That um, me, you, whether you're a teacher in the medical field, in the financial field, or a homemaker, or a grandmother, wherever it is that the Lord has put you, that's our ministry. And that I love this Ephesians 2:10 verse that that we are created in um, we are created in His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which He prepared beforehand. Can you imagine that every day that we live? God has already ordained good works for us. And so I love that note, going to work each day, like, Lord, what do you have for me to do? What good works do you have? Would you give me a prophetic word to speak into a patient, to, to just heal, to encourage, and help me, Lord, to live my life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you as my spiritual worship. And so God is so good, and he's always teaching me about himself so before christ i saw him as holy fearsome and a god of discipline and in christ it, he's like so much that it's not just this list right he's loving he's merciful he's patient he's constantly pursuing us he's gracious he's sovereign he walks all things together for good even in the midst of cancer even in the midst of suffering i see so many patients after they're done, believers going through their trials saying that, you know, God has used this so much for good. I was just walking through it blinders in my life. And now I see life so much differently. I appreciate each and every day. I'm able to minister to people. God is using my suffering as my ministry now. And that he's king of kings and Lord of lords. And he's worthy of all the glory and honor and praise. Amen. So, Father, we just thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love for us, Lord, and thank you for just this body of believers, these women and these men here, Father. And I just bless them, Father. I bless them with knowing more of how much you love them, how they are created in your image for a purpose and a plan each and every day, that they would live that out fully for your glory, Lord. Thank you for this moment, and thank you, Lord, for just allowing me to share how you have changed me and taken me out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, and that you are slowly conforming each and every one of us into the image of your son. We love you so much, Lord, and it's all about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Q&A with Dr. Lee. If we could have you come sit over here, Dr. Lee, would be great. Sure.
cackle laugh. <laughs> okay, is this on? Okay, good. You want to go first, David? Sure. I'll start us off. Um, I should have printed these off, but I didn't think about that until right now. Um, you kind of touched on this in your testimony, which thank you again for sharing. It's just so helpful and encouraging and love hearing that about you. Um, but regarding scripture memory, I know that is a huge part of your life. And so um, just, you know, when did that start? Is there a specific method that you have for memorizing scripture that works effectively for you? So, um, you know, I can't particularly say exactly when it started. I've always just loved the word of God and you know, the beautiful thing about memorizing scripture is that sometimes you can be doing something and God's word just speaks to you. Like I can be angry at my husband and then the verse will be like, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to, to the devil. I'm like, okay, honey, are you okay? <laughs> so um, I would say that I've kind of just since, uh, since I started reading the word, I start memorizing little scriptures, but now I've started memorizing actually like chapters of the Bible. So I'm reading, I'm memorizing 1 John now, I'm memorizing Psalm 119, and I've memorized like the different books of Psalms. So I start memorizing just kind of throughout. I There's one book in here, it's called Stored Up God's Word in My Heart. It's one of the giveaway. Okay. And that's a great book to kind of learn how to memorize God's Word. But I'm kind of all over with memorizing. So Psalm, Psalm 119, is 176 verses long. Yes. Do you have it all memorized? No, I don't have it. I'm in the middle. Uh, in the, I'm like a third of it. But um, when? I mean, when do I you do this? I tried years ago and got to like 24 <laughs> verses in and kind of stuck. No, I'm at Heth or something like that. But I haven't, like, that's something. So the thing about memorizing scripture is you have to constantly be at it. Like, you wake up and you're going through verses. You go to sleep, you're in the shower, you're going through verses. So you're always renewing your mind. But you'll forget. So you have to go through them, like, constantly. Like, you know, Psalm 16 and, and then just... And so every time you're memorizing it, you're embanking it into your long-term memory. So that's my desire. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. You want to go? Am I on, Justin? Yeah. There we go. Um, one of the things that I noticed about you so, er so early on, and then it just kept showing up over and over, and it, it showed up again this morning, um, that, I, that I think is important, and I would love for you to talk about it, just the, the Trinitarian God that we know and love and worship and serve, that God is mm -hmm. one, and yet he is Father, Son, and Spirit. And so I don't know if you notice it when she prays. She prays to the Father and thanks him for sending Jesus, the Son, and thanks God for sending the Spirit. Why is that important to you, and, and when did you pick that up, and just talk about it. You know, it's important to me because every aspect, every part of God is important. When I grew up, I knew God the Father. I never knew God the Son. He was some man that died on the cross. He was king of the Jews, and the Jews had killed him. I never heard of the Holy Spirit. And for me, just going through the gospel, like when I pray, just worship, starting off with just worshiping the Lord, getting your heart and your mind in the right place, just like we're speaking to the Lord. 
And then secondly, why can, how can we speak through the Lord? It's because the blood of Jesus has torn the veil so that we can enter the Holy of Holies, right? Through the blood of Christ. Without the blood of Christ, there is no way we can even come to God. And how do we pray? Through the power of the Holy Spirit because God, we are the temple of the Spirit. His Spirit lives inside of us. And so, like God says, like even when we do not know how to pray, the Holy Spirit prays for us because he prays according to the will of God. And so that's why. I would, I would always joke that we would go in to see her for like a scheduled appointment, medical, something medical, and we would leave having been spiritually counseled, <laughs> both of us. <laughs> I mean, I remember one time coming in, I'd read something online, and I'm just crying, and is this true, and what does this mean? And she's like, Tara, why are you letting fear control you? You are a child of God. Remember who you are. And I was like, Right. I mean, it was, it was the perfect rebuke that I needed from my doctor. So, yeah. Um, so uh, just oh, yeah, go ahead. for patients who are going through breast cancer strokes, that's how the enemy works, right? He's, he's speaking these lies into you. And so that's why it's so important that you know the word of God, because you've got to fight, because everything starts in the mind. And trust me, my mind is always in battle, because the enemy is always speaking to me. I'm always having to use the word of God to fight. No, that's not who God says I am. Well, and one thing I, I love about you and how you operate your, you know, in your work is that she, we would be in the middle of a conversation and just needing direction on you know, what are we gonna do? Which, which way are we gonna go with this? And she would just stop and just start praying. Like to herself, just sitting there praying, seeking the Lord, God, what do you want me to do? How do I best handle this patient? Um, knowing that as, as great as her resume is she's trusting that the Lord is the one in control and deferring to him and just a huge blessing so thank you for that I really appreciate that about you um, practically how do you balance because you you have, have four kids mm -hmm. okay four kids and I mean she did thir 14 surgeries yesterday you said yes by God's grace yes <laughs> um, and she runs and has a husband and you're plugged in at Houston's First. Is that mm -hmm. where you go to church? Yeah. yeah. So um, you have a busy schedule. Yeah. How do you do it? How, and how do you? Uh, so do, you know you that it? verse, my <laughs> grace is sufficient in your weakness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Lord. But, you know, honestly, it's, I wake up, and this is, this is a gift the Lord has given me, is that since I have come to Christ, I can probably, and for the past 10 years, I can probably count on one hand days where I've not woken up to spend time with the Lord. And I think that that's the most important. Like, I personally prefer morning time with God, and that's because you start your day off right. So, like, before anyone gets up in the morning, I'm usually up at 4 or 5 with my cup of coffee and Jesus, and I spend time with him. And that starts my day because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, where do you want me to go? And um, that's what sustains me through the day. But the Lord also has given me an amazing husband who acts like a wife also. He <laughs> helps with tons of things, right, Taylor? <laughs> uh, and then I have someone who helps me at the house. And so um, I don't do it alone by any stretch of the imagination, okay? I didn't think you could. I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> that's awesome. Mitch, you want to? Yeah, I think so. Um... So a handful of these ladies have been through breast cancer or other kinds of cancer um, and other kinds of 
suffering, right? And without doubt, all of us in this room will go through more suffering, um, however it might show itself. Um, you have been in that little room yeah. with thousands. Yes. Um, what, what would you say to us that the kinds of things that we need to be doing and pursuing even now you know, James says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. They're coming. Mm -hmm. um, so just, I guess, draw on those experiences of thousands of conversations of people hearing difficult news and just the sorts of things that, that can sustain us in that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that you have to be grounded in Christ. I, I really see a difference in people who have a good relationship with Jesus when they come in as compared to someone who is a very early or I would say doesn't have a strong relationship with Christ or someone who's a non-believer. And that's why I think in the midst of this, we all will undergo suffering because Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Mm -hmm. And so all of us will have suffering. Death is imminent for each and every one of us. And so I think being grounded in the Lord, being grounded in his word, and he is the one that carries, just like you guys. I mean, like, when y'all were in the office, like, you brought glory to the Lord in your suffering. I could tell that there was something different about you guys because you wanted to, to suffer uh, with joy, and to suffer trusting and resting in him, knowing that he works all things together for good for those who love him according to his purpose. Um, so that would be my one, one advice is look to Jesus. And when you question, because I question, sometimes I see some horrific things. Mm -hmm. Pregnant women with breast cancer, 20-something-year-old women. I went to a funeral just a week yesterday for 30 Four years, I mean, she was 34 when she was diagnosed. One patient, you know, like, and the husband's mom died yet the same day as her wake. I mean, I was like, Lord, mm -hmm. how does this happen? I remember calling my sister. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is so bad. But with that being said, you look to the cross because we don't understand everything on this side of the world. Mm -hmm. But you look to the cross because you know the Lord gave us everything he could have given us in his son. And so you just cling to that. Mm -hmm. And you know that this world is temporary. It's not our home. We're just passing by, mm -hmm. and he has an eternal weight of glory waiting for us. Mm -hmm. And so that's how you deal with suffering, just resting in Christ. That's awesome. And in that, um, the thing that kept coming to mind um, was that uh, Chris, I mean, the um, Karen Getty song that In Christ Alone, and the line in there says, from life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands our destiny, and that would just go through my head um, of just an, this is just another area of my life where I'm not in control and not in control of my health, and I can't predict the future, and I can't um, promise that I can grow old and watch my kids have babies, and um, I'm not promised that, and I am promised that God is in control of my life, and he knows when my life is done, and um, anyway, so yes. Thank you. Um, I had another 
Mitch just touched on that one. Um, so I am curious, the nurse in me, I tell her I, I'd love to be a fly on the wall and just like watch her all day long. Um, but you have been in the operating room, I mean, thousands and thousands of times. I don't even, you probably couldn't even guess. Um, but I know that the Lord is always with you and always shows up in different ways. But are there some handful of times that you remember the Lord really showing up or answering a prayer for you or just meeting a need in the OR that um, changed things? Yeah, I mean, I think that there are so many times that God shows up. Uh, every case, there's nothing that I can do without the Lord, right? But there are times, especially when I'm putting ports in for patients and I'm not able to get access and all these things, like I'm praying and I'm praying out loud, the OR hears, and I'm like, Lord, please. <laughs> and he follows through. But also for breast cancer patients, it's not usually when I'm operating, it's life or death on the table at that moment. But it's like, Lord, help me to see things that I cannot see because a lot of cancer I can't see. And it's like the prompting of the Holy Spirit where he, he's like, okay, you haven't removed everything look back, or like, even though the note didn't light up, look again, and there have been countless times when I review the path, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that you spoke to me in that way, or thank you, Jesus, and, you know, I wasn't aware they actually did um, a study where they looked at outcomes for every surgeon, and then they looked at my outcomes, and it was, the discrepancy was incredible, and it had nothing to do with me. It really has to do with Christ in me, working through me. And so I'm just like so humbled by that. And I, you know, I thank the Lord after every surgery and we get the path like, Lord, thank you. This is all you, it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. Was there something else you wanna? Yeah, um, this may be similar to the question I asked a minute ago. Maybe I think it's got a different nuance. So all of us will go through suffering. What are some things that we can do now? Um, but we also have family members and friends and church mm -hmm. family who go through suffering, uh, whether it's cancer or any number of things. Um, do you have any tips for us, pointers for us in terms of how we can speak to them Encourage them. Again, you've done this thousands of times. I would say don't be a know-it-all and don't say God works all things together for good. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, it, we know that. Just be there. Just be present. You know, like just a hug, just sitting there, and you don't have to say anything. I think just your presence, being there, it speaks volumes mm -hmm. because they understand all that. Like the Lord is speaking to them. You don't need to be the Holy Spirit speaking to them also because, um, I don't know, I, th I feel like for me when I'm suffering or when I'm going through something, just having someone there mm -hmm. is comforting. You don't necessarily have to say anything. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Um, there are, I meet with all the time who are afraid to have a mammogram. Um, they're afraid of bad news. And um, what do you say, what would you say to us, for, any, anyone here who might be afraid to have a mammogram? <laughs> Get your mammogram. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you. See, she said it. There's nothing to be afraid of. I mean, like, you leave it there. It's just, So the earlier you catch it, the better. Mm -hmm. So get your mammogram.
think so. Why don't we open it up to the crowd? Wow. It's always a little nervous. Wow, yeah. Um, but this is not a time to get, you know, free palpations or what do you think <laughs> about this spot? We, we're not going to do that with her here. So if you have a question that's not just free medical advice. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. So Taylor, my daughter, like uh, we had the baby and he, you know, he grew up much quicker than me and was ready to stop all of that. And, um, and that was essentially the cause. But with that being said, we have an amazing, amazing, amazing marriage. And that's what Christ can do from verge of divorce. He would describe himself as walking on eggshells around me to us having a completely open relationship where we're able to talk about everything, like everything. He's like my best friend. I can share my soul. I can just give him all the ugly and just vomit all the ugly thoughts. And he's just like, okay. And so it's beautiful. It's Christ in us. I'm gonna follow up on that real quick. So he, so baby came along. Did he become a Christian soon after that? So he grew up as a Christian, but didn't have a close walk with the Lord. He became really on fire for the Lord after our twins. I have a set of twin boys. It's a whole completely different testimony. But, um, you know, essentially I found out at 20 weeks that I was having twins and... Um, Three days later, I was having twin-twin intrauterine surgery, and they had a 30% chance of death. And he, who is a pediatric surgeon now, uh, who, and, you know, surgeons have a very type A mentality where we feel like we can control everything. And he was at a point where he couldn't control anything anymore. Like, the life of our, our boys were, it was at God's mercy, and that's when he really surrendered himself to the Lord. Yes, so he saw the change in me, and he kind of went with it, but, and he was very thankful for it, as you can imagine, <laughs> but it was really, God uses adversity to bring us to him, and it was really that point of, of breakdown where he really had no control, where he's like, okay, I have to trust in you because I have no control in my life. So your husband's a physician as well. Mm -hmm. He's a he's a surgeon as well. Yeah, he does intrauterine surgery now. Oh wow! Yeah, so he that's the Lord used that to to bring him to that field. Did you meet him in college? In medical school. In medical school. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you went to A and M. Went to A and M. And she got two degrees, right? Yes. I mean, I had a hard time getting one degree in <laughs> four and a half years. She got two, and <laughs> that was the first thing I read about you when I, um. uh, you know, stalked you online. And I was like, oh, well, she's qualified. I mean, she went to a and she got two degrees. Like, what else do I need to know? She's good. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, I was just going to say that for me, um, the mammogram didn't even show my breast cancer. So self-examination, I think, is super important. My mom, my sister, and I, we all had breast cancer. 
Praise the Lord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. So we have a lot of young girls in the crowd. Could you speak to them a little bit about pursuing the Lord's will for them in the future, maybe becoming a servant, or like how, how, how you determine, how you would encourage them to determine God's will for their life as far as their future? Wow, that's a hard question. Yeah, hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, I think just really, you know, the Lord fashions des desires of our hearts, right? He's put in each and every one of us desires. I, I didn't get all into my testimony, but, you know, um, I did nails growing up. I had no intention of even going to college. My parents didn't know anything about college, but he'd always fashioned this desire to be a physician, and I never felt like I was good enough. And so I think He's created each of us a certain way. And so go towards the bent. Don't go for something because of reputation, because of money, or because that's what your parents tell you to do. Because he's already fashioned that in your heart, whatever it is that he's called you to do. So my children ask me, like, Mom, what do you want me to do? when you Like, whatever God has for you. And so you pray, like, Lord, teach me, give me, what, teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth. And he's going to fully open and close doors, and lead and guide and direct you in that, just clinging and abiding to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he will close doors, just like he did for me. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> what else? Yes, ma'am. You know, I don't care what people say about me. You know, like, that's my prerogative. <laughs> you know, uh, that's the beautiful thing about being in private practice because I was offered a different position to work for an institution, and that was one of the reasons why I didn't take it was because I have the autonomy to do what I want to do. And if this is what the Lord has called me to do, you know, as my colleague, you have no right to stop me, and if you don't like it, you don't have to be around it. Now, in regards to patients, though, um, I have to ask because not everyone receives prayer well. And I, like, it, would, would it bring you comfort for me to pray for you? I still remember the first time that a lady told me no. It was like a 70-something-year-old breast cancer patient. I can vividly picture her right now. And I was like, can I pray for you? And she gave me this look like, oh, my gosh. I picked you as a surgeon? You need prayer to take care of me? And I was like horrified. Her whole family was sitting around. She's like, well, do what you need to do. If you think that you need prayer, then go ahead. But just, I mean, get this cancer out. That was like the most broken prayer I've said in front of anyone. But my heart was initially, you know, in your flesh, you're thinking, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. But like in the OR, my heart just broke for the woman. And so I just prayed over her her body and her spirit when I was operating on her. I'm like, this is the person that needs prayer the most. Like, Lord, just save her. She doesn't know you. Just, and, um, and so to answer your question, 
I guess in a roundabout way, I really don't care what my colleagues say and with my patients, I have to respect. But when patients say no, like yesterday, I had two patients that told me they didn't want me to pray for them. I just pray for them by myself in my heart. You know, I, I honestly don't know. It's, um, I, I don't, I honestly, I think that's one of my gifts is evangelism. I don't fear sharing Jesus with people. Um, I, I'll take that back. I'm learning a little bit more with Muslim people. Like Muslim patients, it's a little more harder to share and to pray uh, with them. But I think when you start focusing on yourself, then it's hard for you to pray for people, right? But when you start focusing about showing people the love of Christ and why you're here to bring comfort and you take the focus off of yourself, then it's easier to pray because it really isn't about us and how we look, right? It's about loving the person in front of you and sharing God's love in that moment. Am I different? I mean, like... <laughs> yes, I've had, I've had doctors ask me and I've been able to share Jesus. Um, and so that's been a blessing. Like everyone in the hospital knows I'm a Christian. I don't hide it. I play praise music in the OR. And if you don't like it, then you don't have to be in there. And so it's not a secret that everyone knows that I pray. And I think it's interesting because sometimes the patients will be like, oh yeah, they call you the praying doctor. <laughs> It's just a part of it's a part of who I am. It's not like I'm trying. It's just it's just like taking a knife and cutting. Praying is a part of it, right? Like asking the Lord to enter into the operation is mm -hmm. just a part of like cleaning the patient's body before mm -hmm. you operate. Let's do one more question. Sorry. Well, we have some door prizes that I'm very excited about. Do you want to grab them? The rep Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Did you want to give those those books, the red ones, away, or were you? No, yeah, you guys give them. A, so, like, one of my pastors had blessed me with yep, this and prayer book, and um, yeah, it was a different edition, and I read it. I was like, oh, my gosh, this book is so amazing. So I got tons of them, and I've been <laughs> passing them out to people, so I just brought the, the rest that I had here awesome. to, um, to share. Thank you so much. And then we've got some other door prizes as well. Taylor, so, did you, where are the other books? Baby, the Mitch, other books. I'll let you draw names. What's that? You Where's the other names? box? Sure. And then uh, Dr. Lee brought some books from home that she loves, um, that she wanted to give away. So there are going to be lots of winners. This is good. Okay, first one we'll give away. Uh, we'll start going through the. We'll just start giving away the prayer books. How about that? It's Candy Friday. Here? Is she here? Have to be present to win. That's the problem. I guess I could save this for Candy. We know her. Okay, we'll save that for Candy. Okay. We're really not that hardcore, are we? Diana Lamana. There she is. Awesome. Here you go. You got to be a little faster with this. Yeah. Lynn Cooper. Oh. Lynn? Nope, nope. Oh, yep, but let's save her one. We know Lynn. Okay. There we go. Tara Mayer. Oh, I already got one. Put that one. No. I was in the basket. Wow. Miss Brenda Kerr. Brenda. 
Awesome. Okay, well, that's all the door prizes we have. That was a lot of door prizes. Um, we are going to uh, close. Christina Pfeiffer, our, one of our sweet friends here at Redeemer, who's uh, Dr. Lee's patient as well, um, is going to close us um, with a song. She's on our worship team. Um, and I do just want to say, you know, we have women from all over Katie and Houston here today. Um, if you don't have a church home, um, you are always welcome at Redeemer. We'd love to have you any uh oh, hello. Anytime. Uh, we have service at 10:30 on Sundays, but this fall we have some really fun women's ministry stuff. We have a Zumba Bible study, which is a lot of fun. On Monday nights, uh, we have a Tuesday morning Bible study with child care. Um, just lots of different options. So we'd love to have you at any um, anything, anytime. Um, if you ever have any questions or needs or need prayer or whatever, just call the front office. Sarah can help you <laughs> direct us, direct you to where you need to go. And thank you again for being here. We've loved having you. And Dr. Lee, thank you again so much. And when you guys are done, I'll just let you dismiss. Is that okay? Sure. You know, there's a lot of labels in the world. People get thrown, a lot of labels get thrown out there. Some good, uh, some not so good. This is one we need to remember. And it says, who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. That's it. That's what Dr. Lee was talking about from Tara. So we're going to sing this song together. We're going to put the words up there. If you know it, sing along with us, okay?
There's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Amen. Christine, you want to pray for us?